Hi folks, this is Josh Turner of Paranormal Roundtable. You may know me as your host. Well, today I'm going to be joined with the host of the Whisper to a Scream podcast, which is Ryan Tremblay. We did this show uh, a couple weeks back and we released it on a Whisper to a Scream podcast, but the audio was not very good. So we fixed it as best we could on our end and we re-released it. So this is actually the number four episode of Whisper to a Scream, I'm sorry. And so uh, we are releasing it here under Paranormal Roundtable. And this may become a regular thing. We may release uh, both the shows on both pod- on both podcasts. So um, this is my and Ryan's uh, show, A Whisper to a Scream. Uh, so it's going to be Paranormal Roundtable presents A Whisper to a Scream. And it is about Goatman. And I hope you enjoy it. Be sure to like and subscribe. Thank you very much. All right, and we are back for another episode of Whisper to a Scream. I'm your host, Ryan Tremblay, joined alongside with Josh Turner. Say hello, Josh. Hey. Hey, so we're finally back. Here we are, recording once again, and I just want to thank everybody for their patience. Yeah, it took a little bit of time to get the gear, but we're on track. Yeah, you needed the computer, and uh, you got it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm ready to go. I've been, I've been waiting for this for a while because, uh, I've been hanging on to these stories and I was like, man, and then you, of course you do your, your research. And so, yeah, we're ready to roll, man. What are we going to talk about today? Well, today we got one of the most fearsome cryptids that people absolutely love, but they want to hear about. We are talking about the goat man. But before we get into that, let's cover the art contest that we have going on. Josh, why don't you go ahead and explain that? Um, yeah, that even before that though, let's go to our email address to start with yours. Okay, my email address is fallofskywalker at outlook.com. And mine is Josh Turner at prtpodcast.com. Josh Turner at prtpodcast.com. Send us your stories. Send uh, Ryan, me, whoever. We're all part of the PRT team. We're all under the same umbrella. Whisper to a scream. We're gonna be doing this show. We're gonna be dropping it like it's hot every Sunday. I believe you're dropping it at seven PM or is it eight PM? Probably 7.15 p.m. 7.15 p.m. And that'll be Central Time or what time? Yeah, Central Time. Central Time. Yep. Okay. We're, and we're then gather up and chat for a little bit before the show begins. Okay. And then uh, remember Fridays, PRT Fridays, we drop at 7 o'clock on Friday. Uh, we also drop our show the Tuesdays. We do a live stream, which Ryan is a moderator of. And we do that on at about 7.30 to 7.40 every Tuesday. We have a Q&A live stream. For PRT. So we're all under the same uh, family and uh, Ryan is part of the PRT team and uh, but he's also uh, uh, has his own show which I think is gonna it's gonna be good. We're gonna we're, and we're gonna talk every every Sunday we're gonna bring you something cryptid related and uh, we're gonna have a good time. Indeed we are and tonight's gonna be the goat man. I've been looking forward to this one for a long time. Me too. You know and I understand you got some stories and you got some research. I do. I do. And you know, it's really quite the rabbit hole to go down, Josh. It really is. And anybody who says this thing is just flesh and blood, eh, rethink that, please. Yeah. You know, after we're done telling some of these stories, you're going to see what we mean. Yeah. And and th- th- there are flesh and blood encounters involved in this thing, just like there are with Dogman, with Bigfoot, with everything. But there is also a, a very, something about this cryptid in particular is a, is a very dark element to it. You don't, you don't get many. I think I'll clarify what I mean, Josh. I think this thing can take on the shape of flesh and blood. It can take on solid form. Mm-hmm. 
but I am convinced that this thing is tied to the spiritual realm. Though. It is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it's got something it. sinister to it, a very sinister quality to it. The art contest we just did, which Ryan was referring to, was the Willie Williams Art Contest. It was named after my late friend, Willie Williams. And he was an artist. I loved to draw and lived with, with me as one of my roommates in, in the house that we lived in, in the haunted house we lived in in South Austin. <laughs> and uh, for years, almost five years, uh, he was of Creole descent uh, from Louisiana, a really good guy, uh, was a great artist. And uh, he passed away in May of 2020, was one of my really good friends. So we named it after him. And the first of the con, the first con uh, in January, we had a cryptid. And then we did another one in February. The one in February was the Goatman. So it's kind of funny that we just, we did the Goatman. And then in March, uh, March's cryptid was a Chupacabra. So that's what's, that's what's going on right now is the March art, art contest. And you can go to Paranormal Roundtable. That's the group. Uh, Ryan's administrator in that group. And me and Nelly and Anthony, we're all part of that group. We are sponsoring the art contest. First prize is $100. Second prize is $50. Third prize is $25. And you get an autographed book. Each one of those gets an autographed book from a different author. Could be anyone. David Weatherly, Nick Redfern, Linda Godfrey. Also, Linda Godfrey's been ill, so everyone keep her in her prayers. Barton Nunley uh, had announced that she, was, that she wasn't doing too good. I actually talked to her messenger about two or three weeks ago. We were just kind of chatting, and she didn't respond, and uh, I kind of chalked it up to her not, not doing too good. She hasn't been feeling too well. Uh, she's bat battling some, some serious illnesses, and so everybody keep her in your thoughts and prayers. Also, the, uh, the original uh, art contest that we did – the uh, the first cryptid was the creeper or the or what is it called the crawler or the rake Ashman or the rake yeah yep. it's known as a rake too and Ashley Clapstein won that one uh, Douglas Jones was the first place winner in the in the Goatman contest you can uh -huh. submit as many as you want you can draw five six pictures if you want you can put them in there and you can you can be you know Doug won first and second place uh, Jason McFadden won third place and uh, and it was real close between him and Ashley. So uh, yeah, they yeah. Are really talented people in our group, Josh. These people just blow me away with everything they do. Yeah, Roger Carter. He uh, he he came, I think, in in third place, and then it was uh, Jaron Kaiser's daughter, uh, a young girl. No. Uh, yeah, uh, Mary Jane, uh, MJ or Mary Jane. She won the second place uh, over there, and she's only eleven years old or twelve years old. So that's pretty cool. Uh, so just submit the art art to me on Messenger on Facebook, and uh, then we'll put it on Paranormal Roundtable, and everybody can vote, and you can tally it up or whatever. And uh, also, anytime you want to just submit random artwork, you can always do it on Whisper to a Scream or Paranormal Roundtable Absolutely. or Paranormal Lounge, yeah. any of those groups that we're, we're involved in. I would love to see somebody draw a really good rendition of the Genosqua. Would that would be that. interesting, and the Gugwee. Yes, or both fighting each other. Did you see Jason McFadden? He he made a picture of uh, of the goat man fighting a dog man. I did. Yes, that was. You awesome. need to put that one on the, on 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 this. You know, you need to put that out there. And if he's okay with that, I will definitely absolutely. Put it just he he's okay. He gave it to me and he let me have it. So yeah, you can put that on there. You can shoot me a copy of it then. Sure. Awesome. I'll do that and hope right. you guys will be looking at it while we're talking. So let's get started here. Uh, we got all, all that out of the way. We got the the, the art contest and we, we've got our email addresses out there. 
Uh, like I said, I'm the, I'm the host of Paranormal Roundtable, but I'm also Ryan's co-host here on uh, WATS, uh, Whisper to a Scream. Is that how you say so, it? W Whisper? No, WTAS. Sounds Whisper like a radio. <laughs> WTAS. So, Ryan, uh, the the Goat Man. Do you want to get started? Let me know what you've researched. We'll start with uh, what 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 you want to yeah. throw out yeah, there. This thing goes by different names. Some people know it by Goat Man. Others know it by the Pope Lick Monster. But they probably know it from the infamous Goatman's Bridge in Alton, Texas. Mm-hmm. You know, and some pretty dark things happen on this bridge. You know, people have experienced very demonic experiences where it's, you know, they see flames, they smell the, what do you call that, the sulfur. You know, they've heard disembodied voices. They've seen this thing wielding an axe. I mean, mm-hmm. really, that gets pretty dark. And there's even been supposed deaths. A kid supposedly committed suicide on this bridge. Yeah. You know, yeah. I guess driven by this this goat man entity. Is that what we want to call it? This entity? Um, that's as good a name as any. Yeah, I mean, I guess he was hounded by this entity, and it just drove him to commit suicide one day. Yeah, and the bridge he's talking about, folks. I and actually, Anthony, if your mic is, if you like, like the you were with me, we actually went to this bridge. Uh, it was me mm-hmm. and Anthony and uh, my wife. Uh, what was and, that? Excuse me. What was that like? Did you feel anything? Did you get any weird vibes when you were there? Uh, well, here, here's what happened. It was me, my wife, uh, Anthony, and then uh, my wife's sister, and we all right. went out there to the bridge. And it was late at night, and we saw a, a something blue glowing in the water, and we never could figure out what it was. As in, like an orb? Maybe, I, or? dude. I don't know what it was. It was weird. It was just like a blue light glowing in the water. It was just like a, a sphere, but it was in the water, and we couldn't. I mean, we couldn't say what it was. It wasn't shaped like a, a glow stick or anything like that. And we kept looking at it going, like, what is that? So we walked all around that area. We walked through the trails of that area. And it's, it is a spooky place. It's creepy. We walked up, in the, in, up into the woods there. And uh, we did find like some pentagrams and some stuff, some satanic symboling, you know, in that area. Uh, I couldn't tell you you know, what, what it was, but there's just an oppressive, uh, heavy air there. It just feels, uh, kind of scary, kind of oppressive. My wife's sister, she kind of thinks she's tough. So she's like, I, I, I'm fine. I don't feel nothing, you know, but we walked around for a little bit. And then I said, I'm ready to get back to the, and then everybody was, and she was just like, Oh, y'all are scared. I'm like, I'm not scared. I just don't like the energy here. It wasn't like yes. I was terrified or anything, but I did feel a weird energy there. And People report a uh, goat man, uh, and they've they've said that it's anywhere from a white to a gray to a black. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's funny mm-hmm. you mentioned that light, though, because someone I spoke to, he went to a graveyard, oddly enough in Maryland, though. And when he was looking around in the graveyard, he saw a lot of the blue lights floating around. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting that you mentioned that, too, because it kind of coincides with what he saw. Yeah, and it was something we couldn't explain. I mean, like I just we just kept looking at it from the bridge and going like, "What is that?" Like it has no, it was there was no explanation for it. I tried throwing a rock at it, and the water just kind of rippled, and it didn't. I mean, it didn't, it didn't move or anything. It was just there. It was so, stationary. Yeah, it just kind of was like in the water, and I couldn't tell exactly how deep the water was. Um, but but it was like it just was there. It was just kind of stuck there, and it didn't uh, it didn't move. So be, it was weird. That'd be very unsettling to see something that you can't explain. Yeah. Yeah, but it's 
it's funny though because this guy also described a lot of the blue lights like you saw and he did see what he thought was a goat-headed silhouette so it makes you wonder if those things are tied to this thing well the goat sh- the shadow goat thing is another that's a whole nother deal uh a friend of my brother's once that told us that he was he's working at a bar downtown uh on sixth street where we worked he was closing up the bar one night and he the last okay this is weird this is weird he said that the last customer out the door uh was a was a big heavy set guy with a, a big overcoat on and he'd sat in the corner drinking all night and he didn't uh didn't talk to anyone and he i guess had gone upstairs to use the bathroom or something and the guy was just leaving when he was coming down the stairs he saw a shadow moving behind this very large man and he said he goes man I, the, the the head of the shadow looked like a goat Ooh. and he said that the body there was almost like the body kind of came down and, and this guy's a friend of ours and, and he told us he's like dude this you know we've known him for years he actually uh, works at a bar now in L.A., but he said that, that it was the weirdest thing he'd ever seen. The, the, the body kind of turned into like a blob to where you didn't, you didn't see. And he thought, man, is that the guy's shadow? But then he said it looked almost like something that was independently walking behind him. But he said that the head looked like a goat with pointy horns sticking up, you know, like straight up. And like you could see the beard of like a, like a goat. And then when he walked out. He asked one of the bartenders that was working with him if she saw it. And she's like, yeah, I thought I was the only one seeing that. And she's like, I thought I was freaking out. And she's like, I only had a couple shots, you know, and I thought maybe maybe it was the, the liquor or something, you know. But she's like, I don't know what that was, but that was that was weird. That was a little. So symbolically, though, what does the goat stand for? Uh, well, defiance and the devil. <laughs> it's kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew about the devil thing. That's how a lot of people portray, you know, Beelzebub, Satan is with the goat Or Baphomet, yeah. Well, because, and also, you know, we're we're told, you know, Jesus says you're part of the flock, you know, to be sheep, you know, and he's the shepherd. And then, of course, the goat is like, I do my own thing. I defy, I'm defiance and whatever, and and stubbornness. And if anybody's ever dealt with goats, they can be very stubborn creatures. (laughs) But uh, I don't think that this creature really has anything to do with actual goats. I think that this creature is possibly a demon a nephilim i don't know but there are it, it does do physical things too there's not they're not just a shadow encounters um i've got a couple of the shadow encounters but i can tell you they do do physical things and they do harm people and animals and you know i i've i've uh got a lot of weird reports about that but uh, go on with your research go in and tell us some more well, when you look into the actual legend itself, you know, this gets kind of uh, perplexing, if not entirely confusing altogether, because it has different origins. Some people believe that it, it's Pan, as told in the Greek mythology, whereas other people believe that it's actually a man that was turned into a goat while he was working at the Beltsville Agricultural Research Center. Mm. You know, and I don't know, that kind of seems a little too uh, creepypasta-ish to me. You know, a man turning into a goat and seeking revenge on people. I think it's more, I think Pan is more along the lines of what it could be a satyr, you know, and these uh-huh. things were known to be problematic and just a nuisance altogether. If you line it up with the modern day tellings of the goat man encounters, it's pretty similar, you know, because these things were vicious and they weren't good things. They weren't known as good quote unquote people, you know, and the stories that you know of the goat man, there's nothing good about it. Yeah, you don't ever hear about them, you know, helping people or doing anything. Like you, you can get the occasional rare story of 
uh, Bigfoot being benevolent and stuff like that, you know, and you, you might even get a Dogman story about that one or two where, where the Dogman, I've even gotten centaur stories from some people who had childhood encounters with the centaurs and they were actually uh, uh, kind of benevolent, like they let them ride them. That's, that's, that's a weird, that, that's a whole nother show that we're going to do eventually because I've gotten some... In Greek mythology, the centaurs are almost noble to a degree. Yeah, they, they, they get they get a different uh, rep. The, the goat man, though, tends to be um, aggressive, uh, ir- you know, just highly aggressive and irritable, and it just seems to be uh, just if borderline de- b- demonic almost every time, if not just absolutely demonic. And um, when people encounter it, they get they they tend to get a an overwhelming fear. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just a fear that overcomes them. And it's, it's very hard for people to, uh, to, to overcome that. It's like something that, that they, they're just struck with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, this person I spoke to, this guy who said he saw the goat man himself, he was actually investigating a graveyard at the time. And he said that just when he entered that graveyard, he just got this nauseating feeling like he did not belong there. Like he was being sick by just being there. And from the clear blue sky, the gray clouds started rolling in and he just started feeling anxiety and his heart pretty much started beating out of his chest. And then he saw this thing standing in the distance, you know, and he told me he felt this dread, like he was not going to make it out of there, that he was not going to leave there alive. You know, so if you're just looking at this thing and it's not making any noises and it's just looking at you and you get that dread, like you're going to die. You have to wonder why is this? Is it because you're looking at something you don't know, or is this something that this thing wants you to feel? Where did this take place? This was actually in Maryland. Maryland. Okay. That's the key word because there are a lot of Goatman encounters that come out of Maryland. Mm. Most of them that come out of Maryland too seem to be very violent and very, you know, this thing wants to get to you, which is really interesting when you compare them to some of the other ones because some of the others will say, oh, he just passed by, but they're still, they have PTSD from this thing just passing by. You know, the first episode we ever did on, on Paranormal Roundtable, um, PRT, was The Goatman. That was the first episode we ever did. Oh, and, so you're kind of revisiting it now. Nice. <laughs> well, one of, one of, the, one of the, the stories we told on that show, because if, if you go back to the very beginning, that and by the way, folks, I apologize for the audio on that. It was terrible. Uh, it took us like six hours to make that first episode because <laughs> it was in somebody's Growing. garage and it wasn't a very good. But if you can get past the audio, it's it's some pretty good stories on there. There was a girl. I'll just go over the quick overview, and she was in a restroom in a in a in one of the parks around Austin, out in the out outside of town in Austin. Austin uh-huh. is built into the woods. I mean, it's like forest everywhere. Right. And she went to a restroom, and Ryan, I don't know if you've heard the episode one or not, but. Uh, she she was in there in one of the stalls and this she heard hoof like hoof the sound of hooves coming into the and there was like bipedal and she could see through the crack of the door she saw this goat looking thing she literally had to cover her mouth to keep from screaming and it I was I mean and this was in the middle of the night you know and uh, she was in there in one of the re- one of those uh, restrooms that they have besides it being full of spiders and wasps and everything else you know you got this goat looking creature that just crawled in there and uh so if you go back to the episode prt you that 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 story's on there i'm not going to get real into detail on it but uh yeah that that one was one that was really crazy now the reason i bring that one up though is because not only are we talking about goat man but because that area where they went camping there was another story i got out of that and it and it's it, it parallels one from maryland very similar 
Um, so people were driving and they were going, there's this really sharp curve. Now, if you ever come to visit me, Ryan, I'm going to have to take you out there and show you this area. Literally about three miles up the road, there's a water treatment plant that a, a guy that used to be a security guard had in a dog man encounter with, which was definitely a dog man. It was not a goat man. But, uh, and it's not even far from where the goat man was seen. But these people were driving around this curb and this curve. And when that, when you go around that curve, and I know Nelly can tell you, we like to drive around out there, dog man, goat man, and all. But we drive out there sometimes. It's just a real pretty drive, a lot of trees. And uh, you can't go more than 15, 20 miles around that curve or you'll wreck. And the, right then, this thing came running right out in front of their vehicle and then stopped almost supernaturally as fast as it moved. It stopped and turned and punched their windshield. Now, folks, punched, okay, like fist punched the windshield. They turned and looked at it. They said that it had little tiny horns on top of its head. The, the face looked almost like a man, but it had like, okay, this is what's weird, little baubles or nodules all over okay. its face. And it had like a weird little little beard hanging down off of it. And it Were looked they, when they, growth or Is that what they meant? Do what? Were they tumors or growth? Is that yeah, what like like about? little little uh, gross nodules. The way they described it, though, but they were like they like sores on its face, and it looked uh, like a dirty, disheveled man. And it was he was completely white, though, like like a sheet of paper white, almost mm-hmm. like you know they thought, what is that? And you know, it, when when it ran out in front of their vehicle, which you know they weren't going super fast, but you still, if you're coming around a blind curve and that's able to jump out in front of you like that, you know, twenty miles an hour, and it just dodges right past your vehicle that's still pretty quick and it went to the driver's side window and punched it and cracked the glass now this was told to me by a friend that that ha- it, this happened to his what is now his sister-in-law's former boyfriend and his current girlfriend or whatever but they told him that story and he's still friends with you know with with uh she's still friends with him or whatever um, so anyway, the, the story was told, you know, to him and he, he told me this story, you know, we were, we were talking about cryptids and my podcast and whatever. And, uh, I met, I met this guy through a, through a, in the jewelry store that I like to go to, to get my, my stuff made or whatever. And, uh, we were talking about my podcast and he said, you know what? I got a weird story for you, you know? And when he gave me the coordinates, I was like, okay, that is right there by where that that happened in the first episode of PRT. And then maybe three miles down the road is where the water treatment plant where the dogman encounter happened. That's not a coincidence. You know, I, I really think that there's something there. This, there's some sort of energy. Maybe there's a portal that's bringing these things through. But the thing is, this creature had a different description, a, a little different description from the, the goat man that was seen or that was experienced by the girl in, in the bathroom stall at that, uh, at that park. So what th- th- when it, and it's by the lake, it's right there by the lake. And so this, this, this window, the guy punched this thing, punched the window when he turned and he looked at it, they just kept going. They didn't stop, you know, obviously. And the thing just stood in the road. And he said that him and his, his, uh, girlfriend both were looking at this thing and it had a uh, dirty grayish, uh, lower body. Really, really white, paper white upper body with these weird nodules on its face and neck. And they didn't get, he said he didn't get a really good look. He just looked up and saw the face. There were like these little tiny horns on the top of its head. He couldn't tell where the, the hair was white, but he couldn't tell whether the hair, where the hair began, the skin ended. You know what I mean? And uh, the legs, he said, were like grayish. And it looked almost like, like if somebody were, were 
like goat legs. But he said it's almost like if somebody had put leggings on, you know, and was walking around in, in sheepskin and, and the hooves were black. Okay. And he said that, you know, and I told him, I said, now, let me ask you a question. You know, is it possible that it could have been like a homeless guy that was wearing like some sheep leggings and was just kind of, maybe he was out there running around the woods and he was just high or drunk. I don't know. And then he came out in front of your car or maybe he punched your windshield. And he's like, absolutely not. He goes, that's not, no way is that what that was. He goes, it was at least seven foot tall. Wow. Okay. Well, you know what? The description though, it does line up with a cedar pretty closely. Mm-hmm. Very satyrish. Yeah, you're right. And 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 he was in an SUV and a big tall SUV, and he's like, it was above my my vehicle, you know. So, uh, yeah. And and so when you when you look at like uh, I believe I believe he said he was in a Toyota Land Cruiser. So that I believe that's what it was. He said. And uh, so you know when you're coming that that's a pretty tall vehicle. I mean, if it's if and he said it was over the vehicle, I was kind of looking down into the window. And, uh, the, the girlfriend was having nightmares for days about this thing, like, like for, 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 for weeks. I mean, you know, like she, she had these nightmares and, uh, it got to where she couldn't even like, uh, be alone. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. And it ended up putting her like in a, in therapy, like literally she's like, I need to talk to somebody about it, you know, but I didn't want to, you know, how do you start a conversation with the therapist and, oh, our vehicle got struck by a man that looked like he was half goat. Oh boy, yeah, they're yeah. gonna call rubber room. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna end up in a padded room. So I mean, she was just like, I didn't know how to begin, you know. And so I just told her that I was having nightmares, and then ultimately she admitted to the therapist um, that there that, that that's what happened, you know. But she had to go to therapy. I mean, it's pretty. It was pretty intense, you know. And yeah, I got that story, you know, and and that was right there in that same area. Now I don't have any others uh, in that area. But uh, the one in Maryland, you, you were talking about Maryland. Did you want me to get into that one? Absolutely. Yeah, go ahead. Or do you want to tell the backstory of what you know about Maryland first? You know, that one's actually, it's a really confusing uh, story when you get into the Maryland part, you know, because that's where they believe that it was a man who was being experimented on, mm-hmm. which I guess it makes for an interesting read, but I just don't see how that could be. But this thing walks around in Maryland, you know, toting an axe. Uh-huh. You know, and there's some different descriptions, you know, like you described in your latest story where it had more like a human face, but it has a, like the goat's eyes. It has a human's face, goat's eyes, whereas some say goat's face with human eyes. And then other ones will say there's completely goat-like, you know, the head's goat-like, but the body is that of a man where the legs are goat-like too. So the variance in descriptions, you have to wonder why there's so many variances. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, now that you mentioned the eyes, going back to the encounter I just told, the eyes were pink. Pink. Yeah. Like- yeah. 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 What? That's what, yeah, that's what I was told I, when I asked them about that. And, and I asked him, I said, um, I'll just give him a name. I call him Gerald. Gerald <laughs> told me, he said, look, you know, that there were the eyes were like pink. Um, he said that the, and the reason he, he remembers the, he looked right up and saw the eyes and they looked almost like it, like it was albino. Okay. Like an albino. Now, um, eyes or were they just red eyes pink eyes uh no just he said there was just like a pinkish tint to the, to the whole thing you know just like oh. the the eyes and he said that they were they were kind of like uh you could barely see the pupils and so everything just like if somebody were to be this is what he said like if somebody were to be wearing pink contacts that just oh, made your oh, eyes wow. look pink but his eyes were really big like a goat's 
Oh, that's disturbing. Yeah, dude. So it was a very horrific, you know, um, I asked him about the teeth and he said that from what he could tell the teeth, the mouth and the teeth were human like, but he did see like uh, pronounced canines, almost like a vampire, but smaller, you know, like, Gosh. so that is, that is a weird, what is that? I mean, that's a weird creature. I mean, that's a bizarre creature. <laughs> Enough. I mean, pink eyes and long canines. Yikes! Mm-hmm. And then you Those- get like these weird stories of these of these entities where they look like goat headed, but then uh-huh. you get them to where they look they have like a man's head, you know, with goat legs, you know. And yeah. then I've even yeah. heard of like the goat head with just like human legs, and I'm like, what yeah. is that? Or it's too, where it's the goat head with a Sasquatch type body. Yes, yes, I've heard that too. Yeah, there was a picture floating about a few years ago where somebody said that it was the goat man and it looked more like a Sasquatch with a goat head. So I don't even know what to make of that one. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's a black, it's a black one or something like that. It looks like he's car- he's wearing something on him or something. Yeah, it looks like he's carrying something as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that that's big, a strange that's picture. Do what, Brian? I'll put that video, that picture in the video so everybody knows what we're talking about. But the story behind that, though, is somebody said that the goat man in question had actually killed a kid when that photo was taken. Yeah, and and that that was on on, on a on a really popular podcast, and I'm I cannot even tell you which one. I wouldn't tell you anyway because it's not. I don't want to. You know, I don't. I don't know if I should. But um, there's it, it was on a very very large uh, popular podcast, and I can't remember which one it was. And my wife heard this story about the goat man. Because every now and then she'll cruise other channels, angers me greatly, but whatever, you know. She should only listen to PRT and this one, and that's it. But Darn anyway, right. <laughs> so she was uh, cruising around listening to, to some other uh, stuff, and, and she, she said, you got to check out this uh, story. So we were sitting out on post, and we were working out in Pflugerville out here in, uh, near Austin, mm-hmm. and uh, she played it for me, and it was a story of a goat man creature uh, having used an axe to kill uh or maybe it was a knife i don't know to kill someone and it was like a teenager a child or something like that and i just and i just remember listening to it going like oh my gosh that's horrific um but then when you delve into the legends uh like okay buddy of mine he's from maryland he grew up there um i've told his story on my show on paranormal roundtable um it may be i think it was on that first episode too uh, his, him, his aunt, his mom, his brother were attacked by a goat man type creature, um, that attacked their vehicle. Now the stories that he, he grew up listening to and believing what were that goat man would actually go around and kill innocent people. And they were known to like, uh, attack people, a story that he had heard from his uncle, or his, or his uncle's friend, they were in Vietnam or whatever. And he, he said that when he was a kid, you know, he had heard his uncle say, uh, he goes, what, like, like talking to his best friend, they were both in, in uh, Vietnam. And he said the most horrific thing that they had ever seen was not something that happened to them overseas in war. It was them driving, uh, outside, uh, of the city of Baltimore. And when they were driving, going toward the city, they saw this goat-like creature come come out of uh, like off of uh, the the side of the road in the ditch, and it was walking up to the road. And right when they were crossing past this thing, they saw it holding a, a human head. Oh God! 
So he remembers hearing that story because, you know, when the, his friend asked him, his uncle's friend asked him to, to, to what happened to him that night when they were assaulted by the in the vehicle. And he says, well, you're lucky because the, the thing kills people. Oh, man. Yeah. So that that's a crazy story. You know, that that story was given to me, you know, like like after I had aired the, the show or whatever I went, you know, and I, I saw him at the bar one night and we started talking. And uh, he told me, he goes, you know, there was another story I had because he had told me, you know, I have I have more than one story. And when we when he gave me the first story, he's like, oh, you know, he was he had to leave. He didn't have time. He was getting off work or whatever. And he was working at the bar. And he said, I'll tell you the, the, the rest of it eventually. You know, I'll give you the other story. And then he subsequently he gave me that one. And so he remembers hearing that. And then, you know, of course, he's a little kid. And he's, you know, of course, but he says, uncle you know, tr- drank a lot. And so did his uncle's friend. So they're over there telling this eight-year-old, nine-year-old kids, you know, hey, this is what happened. We saw this goat man walking with a human head, so you're lucky you're alive. Mm. Imagine seeing that, though. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, it's one thing It's one thing to, to see the creatures bad enough, but to see it carrying a human body part, which seems to be a recurring theme with the goat man. It seems like that, that it, it, it seems to be uh, a killer. Yeah, I mean, it, whether it be a physical killer or influences you mentally to do something, you know, and again, the influence that it can have on somebody that kid that killed himself over this thing, mm-hmm. you know, you gotta wonder how does that influence actually come about? You know, this can't be just a flesh and blood creature doing this. It doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense to be that way. What do you think about this, Ryan? Like some of the stories that, that, that we get, like I've gotten one or two stories of Goatman actually communicating by mimicking people's voices. I've actually heard about that. Yes. And some reports, they say they do the mimicry to call their prey out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they have sights set on you, they're going to mimic somebody close to you, a friend or, you know, somebody at your family or a lover or whatever, and tell you to come on outside and make you feel at ease until they spring on you. Yeah. And, and that, that's, that's a weird thing because that's, that's something that I thought about, um, Whenever this girl was telling us this, and I, and I told you a little bit about this one, um, that the, there was this vehicle, they were driving in their vehicle. Uh, this was in Mississippi. And this thing rammed into their vehicle, uh, basically just, the, you know, simple. I mean, it was like just a white flash and boom, you know, and, and it was just like they, they thought an animal. They just got hit by an animal. It was a very simple thing, you know, and they kind of spun a vehicle, but the, the vehicle kind of spun and then it, it did like a 360 and then, wow. you know, they, and then it went up and then it came back down and she's like, we just kept going. Like, it was like, whoa. And then the next thing you know, this thing is like on the top of the car and then it gets down onto the hood of the car. And she said that whenever they looked at the legs of this thing, it was like they were goat-like. You know, you remember me telling you this story. And, yeah. And it was like, almost like it was magnetized to it. She's like, we were swerving and, you know, it was, and this thing was not moving. It was like, it was almost floating on top of the car, but the hooves were on the hood of the car. Like it had some kind of means to hold onto the car. Yeah. Like it good. wasn't affected by the movements of the car. And then they, they, they felt the thud onto the, onto the roof and then off the back and then it, and it was gone. Uh, and that happened like in, in the late nine or mid, mid nineties. And, uh, she said that, you know, it caused damage to the side of the vehicle and it was just, it was a freaky thing, you know? And she's like, it, for, we never, we, they didn't even really get a good look at the, at the head. She just remembers like, like the, that it hit and her aunt was in the passenger side 
And she said that her aunt and her were pretty close in age. It was one of those things where her aunt was not that much older than her, like maybe a couple of years. And so they hung out a lot. So this thing hit the side of her, of their, of her vehicle. And, uh, they just, it just kind of like they, they spun and then they just kept going. And then the thing was just, then it was just like on top of the car, like almost like supernatural. Like it was just there, like it was boom. And then they spun and then it was just on top and almost like it just floated over the top of the car, but it, it, it used its legs and, but they didn't really, she didn't get a good look at the head. The ant said that it had like these straight grayish black horns that came off the top of its head, like really long horns in it. From what she said, it looked like a mountain goat in the head, but like like oh, like wow. without the curved horns, it was just kind of straight, you know. So I, you know, that's oh, a that's- weird story. And then it just jumped off the car and was gone into the night. You have to wonder what it wanted. Then did it just want to terrorize them? Was it trying to get to them? What was its mission? Well, well, here here's the rub. <clears throat> okay. And I believe they they were from Tupelo. I'm not for sure if that's 100% or that's where they were headed or something. But anyways, here's what happened. The girl that was driving and the aunt both started to hear uh, from their yards, okay? And they, did, they lived on the same street. And they both began to hear their names being called by each other. Whoa. And that went on for like two weeks afterwards. Like they were hearing like, uh, like at one point she thought that her aunt was outside the backyard and she heard her name and she has a very distinct name. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she's like, that's my name. Like what, you know, who's out there? And she goes, oh, it's my aunt Judy or whatever. So she comes outside. I'm just calling her that. She goes outside and she hears it again, Isabel. And she's like, Judy? So she goes out toward the backyard and she's like, Isabel. And she hears it. And so she keeps going like further out into the yard to the tree line. She sees the trees kind of move and she looks down and she sees what she thought was like a weird looking leg go like into the woods. And she was like, that didn't look right. What was that? And she said she couldn't verify that it was a hoof or a foot or anything. She just saw a weird looking what looked like an appendage. And so she yep. ran back into her house and uh, now she doesn't, she didn't have the, the most sturdiest of houses. She had a double wide uh, mobile home, mm-hmm. um, but it was not, it was, it was built on a foundation. It was like a, uh, what do you call it? A manufactured home. Okay. So she was like, if this thing, if she goes, if it was that goat looking thing, she's like, it wanted to ram into the wall of the house. It could have. So she was terrified yep. and she has a little kid, you know, a little boy. And she was a single mom and she was like, I was terrified. And then she said her son started having, um, he was playing out. They had like a basketball goal, whatever. Right. Uh, had a couple friends over on a sleepover. She said they did have a really big backyard with like a, a trampoline and basketball goal and all that. So, and so she said that, that, that the kids are outside in the backyard playing in the basketball goal, whatever. And that, uh, or playing in the driveway that kind of went stretched back into the back. And she said that, that, uh, they were, being called like their names were being called like as the ball would roll toward the woods the one of the kids name was Darren uh-huh. uh, or that that's what she said and she said that the kid like heard the kid and he heard his name so he kind of starts to walk toward the woods and the other kids are like what's going on he's like oh, I heard somebody call my name then the other kid's name uh, I, I don't I don't know it was just Dustin or Justin something like that but anyway same thing happened. The ball rolled. The kid went over there to pick the ball up toward the backyard, and th- his name was called, and it was dusk in the summertime. Okay. 
And so they heard this, uh, whatever, like calling their names and they were like, what the heck is that? You know? So they go inside and her son is like, mom, you know, uh, you know, Justin and, and Dustin or whatever the, their names were, they, they heard their names being called. So this thing was trying to call them out into the woods. Yeah. Well, they never saw what it was though, but it, but think about this. It happened after the goat man encounter. Mm-hmm. And you know, that does fit in line with a satire behavior as well. Satires used to actually call people out when they you know, were trying to get them. They would lure them out into the woods by calling their names. You know, so that's interesting that this thing did that too. It makes you wonder really if maybe these things are a, a satire of some sort. Well, you know, but, but it had like, according to her aunt Judy, it had like the, the head of like what, what was like a mountain goat. A mountain goat. Yeah. Like she said, if you look like a mountain goat, how the head, the horns curve, you know, but the horns weren't as, as, as tall and curved. But she said that that's, that's what she remembers seeing like a flash of that, you know, it was like that. They, they didn't get a real good look at the, at the, you know, but then she said that, that her aunt was having the same problem. Her aunt was watching TV with her husband (laughs) And the husband went outside to, to feed the dogs, and uh, one of their dogs went missing. Oh. And so he was out there, and the dog, he was calling him Rex, Rex, whatever. The dog didn't show up, didn't come, you know, whatever the dog. And eventually, he went back inside and said, hey, our dog is is is, is missing. You know, the other dog is hiding. He was in the doghouse. He wouldn't come out. Now, they had a fence around their yard. And so they were like, something, how did the dog get out? It wasn't a real big dog. It was old. It couldn't jump, you know? Uh-huh. But the other dog was cowering and it urinated in the doghouse, which was weird. Uh, they, they don't they don't urinate where they sleep, you know. Sure. Um, so she she said that she went out there with him to call the dog, hey, you know, Rex, whatever. And they they both heard their names being called, and they they thought that it was their her niece, you know, the oh. one that had the incident. She thought it was Isabel calling her, saying, "Hey, Judy." And so she was like, what the heck? And she was like, she's like, did you hear something? He goes, yeah, I thought it sounded like your niece. So they called wow. her up and they were like, hey, have, were you over here by our house? And she was like, no. And then they started comparing notes. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, something's not correct here. Okay. You know, and their kids, uh, they had kids that play together pretty regularly. And uh, so she was like, this is something's not right here, you know. And art um, are targeted by this thing. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what it seemed like, you know. And of course, her 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 aunt's uh, the son would be her first cousin technically, right. but uh, he had come over for a sleepover. Her little cousin had come over for a sleepover, and uh, same thing happened. You know, they were the, the boys were in the back room and they were playing a game or whatever a video game, and they they heard like something knock on the window, and they look and there was nothing there, but they heard their their names being called. So they got scared and they ran and they told the mom, you know, and she's like, "Okay, here we go again." So you got this whole weird dynamic that, that's been, you know, and th- but they never saw between between all these people, they never saw it. They only saw what she, the the, the one girl, Isabel, saw the leg mm-hmm. or what the the appendage, you know, that looked weird. Uh, she did say it was grayish white, um, but that's it. She didn't get a good look at anything else, and there and they never talked to anybody else that claimed that they saw this, you know, thing. Um. That's that weird. Be, I mean, just seeing the leg or whatever, you know, you don't know it doesn't belong there. So you're kind of going, going, you know, oh, crap, what is this? Yeah, yeah I, I mean, if, if, if I was in the backyard and I saw a whitish gray leg, I'm immediately going to go, oh, that's a rake. And then, you know, 
Just kidding. <laughs> and that's Ryan, right? <laughs> or, or maybe it's Ryan. Why is Ryan creeping around my backyard? No, I don't know. I, I don't know what I would do. I mean, you, you, you stop and you think about it. You know, you're a single mom. You're not going to go look too far once you see that because you don't know what that is. You know, just so you know, Josh, I only stock backyards on weekends, dude. Oh, well, you know what? This was on a Saturday. I'm just kidding. I have no idea when. I don't, oh, I don't know the day. And they told me they wouldn't get to tell anybody, but okay. Jeez. Well, it sounds like you got some business with Isabel. Not a real name, by the way, folks. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so so let's get into this other, uh, let's get into the other aspects of this creature. What else can you tell us? Okay. So the one that they said was the experiment. Apparently, he's killing people for revenge because he was experimented on. So naturally, you know, he's a human that was once a normal man turned into a part go. So now he's just seeking out victims to take his revenge until he can get turned back into a man again. Little does he know he's not going to get turned back into a man. So this thing, according to this legend, this thing just kills anybody that goes to that area in Maryland. He will purposely seek you out, stalk you, hunt you down, kill you, and you know move on to the next victim. Yeah, so again, that ties into the whole the violence of this cryptid in particular. In fact, should we even call this a cryptid, Josh? Um, if you were going like, okay, let's, let's, let's say my friend Ken Gerhard would not call this a cryptid. That's kind of why I was bringing that yeah. up. <laughs> Lon Strickler would probably not call it a cryptid. Uh, they would probably call it a supernatural entity, um, mm-hmm. depending on who you talk to. You know, one of the things Linda Godfrey said that, that when she, when she studied the, the dog man phenomena, uh, she talks about how the dog man will be in one spot, Bigfoot, and then the goat man shows up as kind of a third party, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I wonder about and, that some encounters where Goatman was seen and then not too long after in the same area or around that area, they're seeing Bigfoot. They're seeing, you know, the crawlers. They're seeing Dogman. So it makes you wonder, is there some kind of energy bringing these things together? Is there some kind of portals opening up? What is it that's drawing all these cryptids together or these entities together? We'll not call them cryptids here. You know, I mean, different. They're all so different. You know, if you put up like Sasquatch with Dogman, they're so different in behavior and how they act against people. How they look. So if you think, yeah. And, you know, you take Bigfoot and Goatman, two completely different things. Well, I'm going to say this. Do, do you know, we, recently on Paranormal Roundtable, we did the, uh, the, the, the return to Hernandez Ranch, you know, Hernandez Ranch. And, and we, we, we profiled Robbie, who, if anybody knows anything about that, the stories of Hernandez Ranch, you go back to episode 100 of my show. And then I'll, I'll talk to you, I'll talk about where it originated from, which is Dogman Encounters Radio, which started with 116, 136, 137. Those are the episodes. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> just giving a backstory there. Uh, one Episode 100. And then we have episode 113 and 114 of Paranormal Roundtable. And you can go back and reference that. Those are Dogman encounters. But one of those, one of the things that happened was Robbie and his wife, uh, I believe it was episode, uh, and I'm going to have to ask Anthony, was it 113 where they saw the goat man? I think it was 113 um, where they saw a goat man. Uh, it could be 114 because that's a two-parter. But they were on, on, a, on a area called Purgatory Road where people have seen goat man. Um, I had a guy who was a biker. Okay, he was a gang member. This this dude is a biker. He's a he's part part of a motorcycle club, as they call themselves. But uh, he told me point blank, like we were hanging out with. He's a friend of a friend, and he was telling me one night that he was on Purgatory Road and that this black goat like thing is what he called it chased oh. him on his bike. 
Um, now that's not to be confused with the guy who was on uh, the Devil's Backbone, which which Purgatory Road shoots off a of Devil's Backbone. Devil's Backbone Ranch Road Twelve. He was he was chased uh, by a dogman, definitely a wolf like entity, and it was very close to the uh, area where they put the locks uh, on on the uh, at the, at the uh, rest stop um, for the people who've died. And so that's like a little little thing where I mean I can show you one day I can take some pictures of it and show you what I'm talking about, Ryan. That'd be right. Um, right there by that that memorials where he was chased by 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 a dogman. But this this was definitely a goat. And I asked this guy. I've known this guy for years. He's one of my really good friends, uh, good friends. Um, so kind of a friend of a friend, but also my friend. I've known him for a long time, and he said I had something chase me right off of Purgatory Road about a mile from the cemetery there. And there's an old 1800s cemetery. And it, it, it was weird because when Robbie and his wife had the encounter with what they, they couldn't describe whether it was a goat man or a dog man with horns. They said it looked like, and of course these people were being plagued by dog man encounters, but they said it looked almost like a wolf, but not quite, but also with horns. So that tells me Goatman and of course uh Scorpion, you know, who's been on the show and, and we've you know, we you know him. Um yep. he used to work at a a restaurant where his manager who lived out there claimed to have seen uh Dogman and Goatman, two different things, you know, and the goat the Goatman's always black. It's solid black and it has horns. Which I think that that uh, Robbie and his wife, I think that in and the and the couple that they were with, they were coming back from the movies or something like that. Um, I think that they saw a goat man. That's what I think they did. I think they saw a goat man and I, th- and it was holding like a deer's head. Ooh. And, um, I believe it, I be- you know, there was another uh, incident. I can't remember if it was theirs or there was another one. I have to go back and look at my notes, which I don't have in front of me, but the, the deer's head was like flung out in front of the vehicle and it was by this goat man looking creature. But I mean, it happens where there's like more than one entity in the same area. And what's weird about it is that area, other than that one little strip right there, is known for Bigfoot activity. You go further west and you get the Dogman encounters. And if you looked at a map, I mean, when you you bring your butt out here to Texas eventually, Ryan, I'm going to show you all this. If you look at a map, you'll see, okay, like putting little red dots, okay, on, on that map of that area, the Devil's Backbone, the west and to the north is where the Dogman encounters are. And then uh, to the, the 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 south and to the and to the and to the east is the is the uh, Bigfoot encounters, and then right there in the middle, you get these weird stories of a black goat man, like black fur. Fascinating. You got to wonder if they all have some kind of like territory around there somehow. You know, how is it marked off? I mean, do these things ever fight each other? Well, you know that that is a that is a weird question. I don't have any stories of them fighting each other out there, but. Um, here's the deal, folks. I'm going to tell you what I believe, and this is the truth, that there are so many people moving to Central Texas that that housing has just gotten to where it's ridiculous. You can't get a house. I mean, everybody's just priced out if you're from here. And land is so valuable that the goat man and the dog man, the Bigfoot are all starting to have to, to, to you know, they're having to pay rent. So it's become... <laughs> <laughs> so it's becoming a problem. So they're, you know, they're all squished together and pretty soon they're all going to be living in one big high rise complex out there. You thought you had neighbors now. Yeah. 
I'm just kidding, folks. It's not. It has nothing to do with the price of the land because I don't think these things respect your boundaries of humanity. Whether you're, you know, they'll be on your land whether that you want it or not. Oh no, no, no. they learn your boundaries and plow right through them. Yeah, that seems to be the case. Yeah, it's weird because. The one guy that that uh, had told me some stories about the Devil's Backbone, and, and and he had told me that they, and we did a whole series on Devil's Backbone on PRT, but he, he had said that there was a dog man that just walked right through his property, and he just was like watching it, just sitting there, you know, out in the field. Uh, I think he was gassing up an ATV or something, and he was just like, what the heck is that? And it just walked right through. And uh, that was probably, you know, four or five miles from the, uh, the, the where the... Uh, Goatman was seen, you know, pretty pretty regularly. That Goatman is seen by that uh, off of Purgatory Road. Now I know wow. that there was another story of a uh, hiker in an area known as the Haunted Valley, and he claims that he was stalked by a goat-like entity that was up in the trees. Now here's another thing, folks, and I'll give you something to look at. There was a guy, an author, that lived out there, a really good guy, who lived out there on the Devil's Backbone. And there was an Unsolved Mysteries episode of The Devil's Backbone where they talk about The Devil's Backbone and the ghosts. And there's a lot of ghost stuff out there. Uh, his name was Burt Wall. Now, Burt Wall, I actually knew a friend of his. I didn't meet Burt before he died, but I did know a friend of his. I did stay out there and go camping out there one night against my wishes. <laughs> because the uh, girl that I was with at the time was like, let's go camping. Let's go camping. Let's go out there and go camping. I didn't want to go out there. I had a weird dream out there. Um, but it's a very, very weird place. It's known to be haunted. Conquistadors, Civil War soldiers. There were a bunch of German POWs that got worked to death out there. There's a lot of weird, bad energy out there. A lot of stuff that's happened, a lot of stuff that's gone on. There were Apache and Comanche battles that took place. There were massacres of settlers, settlers killing in, uh, natives and back and forth. Confederate cavalry supposedly buried the treasury out there when Jefferson Davis knew that the South was going to lose. So yada, yada, yada. But, uh, there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on out there. And this guy, he was walking through the, through the, uh, what they call the haunted Valley, which go figure. And this goat like thing was jumping from tree to tree. And he said it was almost like a cross between a monkey and a goat. And it was black. Now, Burt Wall, where he comes in, is that there was a, a story that he tells in his story. It's Tales from the Devil's Backbone. Anthony, can you look that up, see if that's correct, the books that he wrote? They're real short books. They're not real long, but they're interesting little books, little stories. And uh, he's got a few of them, and I believe it's – I think it's one, two, and three, Tales from the Devil's Backbone or something like that. Anthony's going to look it up. And uh, one of them, he talks about them, these uh, the ranchers out there, losing livestock left and right, and they eventually – corner this creature that was like a goat and they caught it inside of a cave and now there are a couple uh, caves and, and there's some tunnels under that, that area in certain spots out there because of the limestone and the Arroyo Canyons. They, they caught this creature and they killed it. They shot it and, and they, oh, they, they supposedly killed it. Yeah. But from the, from what the legends say that, that this thing is immortal and it just, it just, uh, you can kill it. But it just comes right back and, and it takes on another body and it looks a little different, but it just keeps coming back. And that's what I've been told by the locals that, that they like to tell the story like it's, you know, like it's this. Basically, is, you know, it, it takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Basically, yeah. And, and very fitting. what's it called? 
It's just called The Devil's Backbone. Okay, I thought it was Tales from the Devil's. Burt Wall. But uh, yeah, Burt Wall is a good guy, and uh, he, he wrote stories uh, about The Devil's Backbone, and, and that area is notoriously haunted. I also had a, a ghost or phantom hitchhiker story that I told on my show that happened to me and several of my friends, and we're convinced, uh, you know, I'm, I'm convinced that that's what it was. But uh, you can go into PRT and, and look that one up. It's on the on the Devil's Backbone stories. So yeah, many weird go. things have happened there. I went out there one night, and a couple of my friends just got into a bad fist fight and just started beating the crap out of each other. I mean, it's just a weird place with a lot of weird energy. So now I have a question for our audience. I want them to think about it, but I want to get your take on this, Josh. Knowing what we know of the physical description of the goat man or the public monster, and knowing what we know of another entity, not so much a cryptid, but an entity, the Wendigo. And the supernatural abilities of both, do you think that the two are tied together somehow? Like maybe the Wendigo is actually sightings of the group man. You know, if you look at it like like the Arab belief that, that, that it's a ghoul and that it's mm-hmm. a shapeshifter, like a jinn, it could be anything. Okay, but, now the Wendigo thing something I'm going to get into in a later episode. I'm going to do a Wendigo special for everybody, but I thought mm-hmm. I'd bring that question up for them. But I, I, I have no idea. I have to wonder. I really do. Because, you know, you, you always think of the stag-headed thing when you hear of the Wendigo. Now, what if that stag-head was actually them seeing this goat-headed thing? You know, seeing it from a distance, they're going to see the horns, and maybe that's what came to mind. Well, what if the Wendigo is just wearing a wearing a, a mask? Just wearing the head, the, the, the head of, a, of, a, of a, uh, an elk? Could be. Could very well be. And I'm going to get into that when we do the Wendigo special later on down the line. That's going to be a really long series of videos that we do. Oh, it is. Okay. Oh, yeah. It is indeed because I dove deep on this one too, Josh. I didn't you know, sign up for that, but whatever. <laughs> That's all right. I signed <laughs> you. All right. You got it then. I guess I'm there. So so th- th- here's the other question though, Ryan. You mentioned the Popelik monster. Tell me about that. Tell me what you know about that. The Popelik monster, it's something that a lot of people have claimed to be stalked by or, or haunted by even. You know, and a lot of them say that there's a house out in that territory where the goat man supposedly lingers around this property. And if you go to that property, he is going to stalk you to either kill you or get you off that property. You know, it's it's really a terrifying thing to look into. I mean, I wouldn't want to be an investigator on the public monster. Where is this at? Is this in Missouri? Mm-hmm. Yes. Public, yeah. And, and do you have any stories from there? Like the any kind of for stories to go along with the legend? You know, nothing that's actually factual. I mean, most of them that they put out there have been turned into creepypastas now. Mm. So it's basically just you have to go off of eyewitness accounts. Well, what do you do? You have any? Not offhand, no. No. No, because a lot of them just didn't seem factual, Josh. A lot of them seem like they were adding stuff to this. Mm-hmm. I don't like to go onto Reddit too often and look for encounters. I like yeah. to actually hear people first. And a lot mm. of people don't want to move forward when it comes to the Pope, like Goatman, though. Why is that? You have to wonder if there's something about like a religious connotation or whatever. You know, they just don't feel comfortable talking about this because they're spirituality. And I can understand that, you know, with the way this thing looks and the reputation that it has, you know, they're not going to want to talk about something that could very well be, dare I say, demonic. Mm. Because a lot of people are uncomfortable talking about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They feel if you talk about evil entities, be they demonic or jinn or whatever, whatever you want to classify them as, if you speak about them, you're giving them the power to intrude upon your life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you think that uh, this public monster, what are the descriptions? What is the description of this thing? 
they vary too. A lot of them say that it's a black being, you know, with black fur, seven feet to eight feet to even nine feet tall, goat's head with golden eyes to red eyes. Some say he has the teeth of a, like a dog man would have, or, you know, your average canine. Some say it's more human. But again, like the one on the bridge, he also carries an axe and he will chase anybody that he sees. Hmm. You know, so when you tie them all together, you have to wonder if it's a same entity or if it's just different entities taking on this form. The interesting thing about the goat man, too, would appear that that it is a, a more of an intelligent. There's a more of an intelligence there than there is like with a Bigfoot or a dog man, because they're not those don't typically use weapons. No, no. And this one carries an axe. So, you know, you have to wonder what's going on with that. Yeah. You, you often get that. Even Jason's picture he drew, uh, Jason McFadden. Mm-hmm. Um, he drew the picture of it with the axe, and I thought that's interesting because you get a lot of stories like that. Uh, I got a couple stories where the, the, these things were, were coming out in the, of the woods. One was carrying an axe. One was carrying a stick. Do you? And, and real quick here, we're, we're almost at the hour. I think we're at the hour. Yeah, we are. All right, folks, that's all the time we have for now. We've reached the end of the hour, but we'll be back soon with another episode talking more about the goat man. Yep, part two.